0: All right, we are back with another podcast, and as usual, I'm joined by the gang, Mr. Dan Weber and Nick Ruth. Dan, how are you doing this week?
1: It's another beautiful week, sir. Uh, just watching a little playoff baseball, looking at some fantasy football stats. I don't know what more you can ask out of life. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I, for all of us, it's a good it's a good start to this week since we all won last week. Um, I know. Our third tripod member is a little stressed with the Nationals paying
2: right now. How are you doing, Nick? It's a good day. Um, the ump sucks, but it's a good game. Good week. I got three points, even though uh, Dak decided not to show up. But we'll go forward. That's all you can do.
0: Um, a win's a win. Uh, as Some members in this league are beginning to know are hard to come by. Um, let's jump right into it. I think um, the biggest thing to talk about before the recaps of the week, or to look ahead to week five, would probably be the second trade that Steve did. Um, this happened right before the start of last week's game. Steve and Kevin knocked down a trade. And uh, for those that want the details, uh, Kevin sent David Johnson and Jeff Swim to Steve for DJ Moore, Larry Fitzgerald, and Devontae Freeman. Um, let's just start it off with kind of early feedback from both of you guys. Um, Nick, why don't you give
2: us your early thoughts? So early thoughts, I think it's a good move for Kevin. Um, he kind of goes a little backwards in running back, but he had such a deep running back core. Doesn't really hurt too much there. He gets Larry Fitz, who's a win now piece is what he's going for. And then DJ Moore without Cam hurts a little, but still another young wide receiver one, so can't go wrong there. With Steve, I get what he's doing. You get David Johnson, you lose Fournette. I think Johnson's better. Swain, I think, is probably just a plus. That one I don't get too much, but it's it makes sense. Um, Steve had a lot of young wide receivers, a lot of wide receivers, so to move up in a tier of running back, it's a good move. I don't love it, but I can completely understand it. That's a pretty reasonable take. Dan, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Um, it's an interesting piece. I'm big on DJ Moore. The, the kid gets peppered with targets. He's, he's a young up and coming wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald's on his way out too. So you take a little bit of good with the bad. So when you look at this, David Johnson to Deontay Foreman, it, my question is, is which guy are you going to see participate in the offense a little bit more? Deontay Foreman is, is a, is the running back one. Edo Smith has eaten to his carries a little bit, but David Johnson also lost a little bit this week. And I think you, you flip the coin especially if Kyler Murray's going to continue to throw the ball in this air raid offense. Um initial thoughts I I think it's a pretty fair trade. I would give the slight advantage to to Kevin a little bit. Um just on the the fact that you're getting a DJ Moore and a Deonta Freeman just if as long as you can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, I think for me I it's an in, it was an interesting trade when I first saw it because for Kevin's perspective, I kind of get it. He's dealt with some unfortunate injuries and David Johnson's clearly the best player here, but I think Kevin acquired, you know, a little bit of depth, which he kind of needed given all his injuries. Um, You're right, Dan. I think DJ Moore is the prize piece here. Um, But I think also Larry Fitzgerald and Devontae Freeman could be nice fill-ins for Kevin. And I think they also, you know, give Kevin, you know, options if for whatever reason he, you know, loses. I don't even know whoever his best player would be at this point to injury. He could like maybe pivot and sell those guys to teams that wanted to contend. Um, for Steve's team, I'm not sure. I mean, I Nick, you're 100% right. He does have wide receiver depth and upgrading, you know, from Devontae Freeman to David Johnson makes sense. I just, I wish he would have kept Leonard Fournette. I'm still going back to that. And I think those two moves would have made more sense if maybe he moves D.D. Westbrook or Mike Williams in this deal instead of D.J. Moore. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, it's fantasy football, and we all have opinions, and someone has a different opinion, and, you know, we'll find out in a few weeks or maybe a year who's right on that. Um, If you guys had to pick a winner on this deal, who are you going with? Which side? I'll start with you, Nick. If I had to choose,
2: I don't know i think this is a really even trade i lean maybe kevin just because you get a good running back and you get four or uh, dj Moore. but i i don't know i think it's a good one i lean slight kevin i guess if i had to choose a winner but i wouldn't bet on it dan where are you going with us
1: i'm gonna go I'm going to go Kevin. I think it's a little bit more cut and dry than that. I think when you look at this, Jeff Swaim is just kind of a a filler piece to this. Um, Getting DJ Moore, getting Larry Fitz, understanding this is an air raid portion of the offense, and as long as Deonta Foreman can stay out of concussion protocol and stay healthy, I think this is a big win for, for Kevin.
0: All right, I think Kevin is probably the winner too, unless he, you know, it's in the next weekend's Larry Fitzgerald's career with like a torn Achilles or something. But who knows? Um, let's move on. I think to probably the biggest news of the weekend and kind of just the biggest reminder is the Marvel division is kind of shit. Zane lost this week to Sam, and that is creating a lot of interesting scenarios. Uh, Zane is not in the playoffs right now. In fact, he is currently as thin stand behind uh, Sam and Sean. But again, it's myself and Nick Ruth's team, kind of the top two teams in this division, and then a lot of shit. Um, But I want to touch base on Zane's team, because he clearly had aspirations of contending, and unfortunately, a monkey wrench was thrown into this season, when Andrew Luck retired, um, he has the wide receivers, but there's been some disappointing outcomes for Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, for both you guys, I mean, what you know, what does Zane do here? He doesn't even have his first round pick. He traded it away in the Hopkins trade because he thought very confident in his team. Um, so I don't even know if he can necessarily take a step back and maybe rebuild. Uh, maybe he could. Maybe he could try to trade for his pick, but. You know, Dan, if you're Zane, what are you thinking right now?
1: Uh, I think it's an interesting piece when you look at um, some of the breakdowns here. When you look at his potential points, he still doesn't beat Sam in in what he puts together. The efficiency rating of 75% and how he puts together his optimal lineup is an interesting piece. Um, The question becomes is, is can you sell a little bit and still either edge yourself in the playoffs as a as the sixth seed in in part of where this is, but I think this is the point in time where you have to contemplate, do I want to sell a couple of these pieces for a little bit of youth and talent? And if I edge into the playoffs, so be it. If I win a couple games, that is what it is. Um, And if you're Sam and you look at part of this, it's, why do I keep winning games? Why the hell do I keep making making these things happen? And I understand that Chris Godwin put up 41 points. You don't ask for much more out of a receiver from that, but... I think you look at it from a Sam perspective and go, I, I actually want to lose. Why do these guys keep letting me win? And and Zane's going, I'm trying to win, but what can I do with it? And this is fantasy sports at its finest right here.
0: That it definitely is. I mean, it doesn't help for Zane that Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins just haven't been themselves. Outside, of, I think, two weeks, or a week each for, a week for each of them, they just have not been the... Top five receivers that we've come to expect for them. Evan Ingram's been great. You know, Tyler Lockett has been great. Frank Gore has been his best running back. Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron Rodgers, but maybe he'll turn it around. Um, Nick, I mean, what are your thoughts? What would you do if you were Zane at this point?
2: So Zane doesn't have his first round pick. True, he has four other people's first round pick that he does rebuilding it if he doesn't have one one he's got five four picks from one two to one twelve which you can rebuild on easily um so if he does step back and trade he's in a perfect rebuild spot he doesn't have his pick and with our division he can still make the playoffs i mean there has to be positive regression you have DeAndre Hopkins is wide receiver 22. Odell Beckham is wide receiver 24. That's not going to stay there. If you look at some of the names up here. Sammy Watkins is wide receiver 7. He put up 46 points one week. Barely broke 10 two weeks and under 10. And he's still wide receiver 7. It's going to work itself out. Give it time. His wide receiver core will carry him. Yes, losing luck changed his entire season. Well, not really, because I guess he started sellings in the beginning, so it, he's kind of gone one way, gone another and now going another way, maybe. I don't know. Um, if I'm him, I'm just going to stay the course. You'd have great pieces. You have four first-round picks. Um, next, cla- next draft class. You could get a wa- running back or, or a quarterback or two and just be unbelievable to go from there um the drafts dictated by sam and zane and then combined they have nine or ten
0: picks they have nine at this point only five players or five teams next year have
2: first round picks it's shockingly crazy (laughs) so if i'm zane i stay the course um there's a good chance you sneak in you look at potential points yeah he's behind a few but not by much I think he can easily sneak in.
0: So I definitely think he can sneak in, but do you think there might be some maybe sense in doing like a soft rebuild? Like, should he maybe look to move maybe like an Aaron Rodgers type? Um, Should he look to move, I mean, maybe Joe Flacco. I don't know if anyone would want him, but like something like that and maybe take a step back with, a lesser player, but maybe younger, in hopes of you know rebuilding with the twenty twenty picks that he'll have and you know going that route.
2: I would, but I wouldn't get rid of Rogers. The dude has been a top what three quarterback the last five years. It's not like he looks worse. They just are figuring out a new offense. I wouldn't get rid of Rogers for anything, especially if you're rebuilding rookie quarterbacks. They're sexy, but they don't always produce. Um, it There's some growing pains. You look at Luck's first season, look at Manning's first season, there's growing pains. And if you want to compete, you kind of need that stabling force. He's got one quarterback that, minus these first four games, is good for 15 to, 20, 15 to 40 points with Rodgers upside. But his floor is that mid. It's a good floor. His wide receiver core is great. Evans, I think, is top three tight end now, probably, in the league. I, Going forward, I'd stamp that. Oh, easily, for sure. So your weak spot is running back and quarterback. There's four, three or four, I'd probably lean three stud quarterbacks coming out. Running backs, rookie running backs, I think on average, three, or I think it was 2.8. Some random number, rookie running backs or top 12 running backs every season for the last like six years. Well,
0: it's an easy rebuild. It, I think my point with moving Rodgers is, of course, you don't give him away. But like, let's look at just two teams, like, quick off the top of my head um, in the DC division. I mean, you have Stefan's team. You know, his best quarterback at this point is what? Jacoby Brissett, Jared Goff. Um, you look at Chris's team his second or his best quarterback is lamar jackson jimmy garoppolo i mean kevin's team clearly doesn't have quarterbacks um he has matt stafford cam newton daniel jones sam darnold i mean do you maybe trade i don't know jimmy garopp or excuse me aaron Rodgers for jimmy garoppolo and chris's 2021st like a marginal step back like that but you still you know get a quarterback that you can still build around with and then also like that additional asset
2: yeah i mean if you can yes if a team hasn't traded their first by now i don't see it unless i guess if they want to push for a win now that division's tough but would you give up a twenty twenty first and a young quarterback for rogers as it stands i wouldn't i mean yes he's great he's a piece to build around but it's an unknown and i don't think i'd give up a twenty twenty first for something like that so on paper yes it would be fantastic if he could in practice could he i don't know i doubt it
0: yeah i guess that's that's a very good point it always takes two to tango and from the outsider's perspective you can try to make it fit but sometimes that's not the case dan what's kind of your read on this
1: i think zane's got a one of two different options. I think, Zane, can you look at the selling approach um, where he can look at anybody in the D.C. division, where he can look at myself and, and any of these guys listed? I mean, I'm rocking Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins for quarterback. I think you can sell and Aaron Rodgers, pick up some additional picks or some additional young talent and get part of it. I think you can also look in division and understand that Jerry might be a great piece for this where he has all these first-round picks and all these additional resources where Jerry could potentially benefit getting back into the first round and selling a piece of these Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Aaron Jones, and get these first round draft picks back. And I think this makes Zane team take care of the playoffs and do what he is. It just depends on which route Zane wants to take.
0: Mm, very, very, very true. Zane controls a lot of cards, I feel like, at this point in the season. Um, and I mean, as we look at the Marvel division, I mean, is it fair to say that the four worst teams in the league are in it? Nick, what are your thoughts? Or right, Dan, you go.
1: I, I don't see how you would disagree with any part of that. I think that's 100% where it sits. I mean, when you look at all the the point scores, the potential points, the, the actual victory points that are scored in this, yeah, 100%. I think the bottom four teams sit in that division, and I think it just takes one or two moves to bring a – any one of those teams potentially back into part of it. The question becomes is which team wants to buy, which team wants to put in the, the time and resources to acquire that, and which team could potentially sneak in understanding these different resources. Um, it, it's an interesting way to do it. I mean, this is just... Absolute luck of the draw when we drew divisions. It's you understand that these couple people wanted to sell and they happen to be in the same division and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think the bottom four teams absolutely sit in that division.
0: Question is, if you guys had to put your flag in the ground, you know, and pick a team that's going to make the playoffs, who is going to be the third team in this Marvel division? Nick, I'll start with you.
2: So for the third team, I'm going to go with under construction just because. I'm going to go with Zane. Zane's fielding Rodgers and Flacco. Flacco, in real life, not great. Fantasy, he's putting up decent, you know, 15-ish numbers. Hopkins and OBJ will rebound. They're going to carry him. Cohen, I think, with Daniel is going to be a better check down. Mitch, for some reason, is trying to go big arm and not using Cohen much at all, or maybe Nagy was scheming it away, I don't know. But it looks like Cohen was a lot more involved this last week. Um, the question mark's Miles Sanders. Um, Jordan Howard looked unbelievable, but I think any running back right now is looking unbelievable against Green Bay. So I'd go that way. Um, but if I had to put my flag, I'm going Zane. Zane's got the tight end. He's got the wide receivers. And he's got Rodgers. Um, I don't trust Mariota. I don't trust Bridgewater. And Mitch is hurt. And Mitch isn't doing well so all right
0: that's a lot of rambling at this point um it sounds like we're not going to be considering sam and jerry dan are you between sean and zane for your the last pick
1: i think it could go one of two different ways if zane's a buyer if zane acquires a piece that he goes through i think he does it if zane does not buy and a fix and address a need that he has. I think it sits between American Psycho and between uh, Three Blind Mice. And at the moment, I think, wow. I think American okay. Psycho has that piece that sits in there. Um, I, I think if Jerry can make one, potentially maybe two moves, he has the outside chance of doing it. But the question is, does he want to have the ability to do it, um, is it beneficial to selling that additional piece? And, and saying, Zane, I need these these additional draft picks to, to get you at this point. This is where you can get in here. He doesn't bankrupt him, but at the same point at the time, he gives him the necessary piece that he has. Um, so I think Zane is the, the, the pick, but it wouldn't surprise me if Zane flourishes and, and drowns in that piece.
0: Yeah, I'm still going to go with Zane. Um, I think his team's been disappointing, but like Nick suggested, you know, there's going to be positive regression at some point for his wide receivers and for Rogers. And I just don't think the other, I think the other teams, the other three teams are house of cards. They do not have the depth. If one piece disappears, that whole roster will crumble. crumble. So I'm going to go with saying for sure. Still at this point. Um, all right, let's move on it's real quick before we talk to the week five previews. Uh, let's pick a side. Um, I got three quick questions for this week for you guys, and um, just which side you're going to go with. Um, We'll start with you, Dan, and the question is, yes or no, is Stefan the best team in the D.C. division at this point? He got the return of Melvin Gordon. He made the Leonard Fournette trade. Um, Tyree Kill is maybe eventually going to be coming back within some time this month. Um, things are looking up. How, how do you view him at this point, Dan? If I had
1: to make the determination to say, is Stefan the best team in the D.C. division right here? Now, yes. I think the gap between Stefan and a couple of the other teams is very small. I think you can watch one, maybe two trades potentially shift that, that power to another team, but as it sits, yes. I think with acquiring Leonard Fournette and watching them feed the ball here understanding the different pieces that he gives into Gardner Minshew in that offense. Yes, I think Stefan is the best team in the D.C. division right now, and I think he makes a complete run to the top of the division unless a cut the three other teams decide they want to make a trade and contend with Stefan.
0: What about your thoughts on this one, Nick? Where are you going with that?
2: I would agree. Um, the only weak point I see is his quarterbacks. You're going to go as far as set or Rivers or Golf take you. Otherwise, there's not too many holes. Getting Hill back takes care of his wide receiver hole, I guess you could call it for lack of a better term. It's not that deep. Um, but you have Ertz. you got a plethora of running backs. Adding, getting Gordon back, having Fournette. Um, Ronald Jones looks to be the horse there. Josh Jacobs, hopefully healthy. Um, it's going to go to quarterbacks but I think the rest of his position players can kind of cover that gap make up for it so I definitely plant my flag in Stefan
0: yeah I would buy that as well I think uh, Stefan obviously had the bad luck with Melvin holding out and the Tyreek injury um, but I think I think things are you know coming up his way we'll see if, you know as we've seen so far this season things can change pretty drastically with an injury and I don't know why I just feel like there's going to be some sort of big NFL trade that impacts fantasy at some point this year it just seems like it's shaping up to be that um so I guess it's a sweep we all think at least right now Stefan's the best team in the DC division um something tells me that'll probably change before the end of the month though um all right so next up at this point um with Melvin's return Austin Eckler is taking a step back. And just as that situation is going to now get murkier, another situation um, in Cleveland is going to start to get murkier as Kareem Hunt's suspension is going to be ending. So I'm curious for you guys. Austin Eckler lit the world up on fire these first few weeks. Um, and with Kareem Hunt coming back, I mean, he was a golden child that everyone loved to watch and have on their team these last few years. Um, who's going to be more fantasy viable to. End the year. Austin Eckler or Kareem Hunt. I'll start with you for this one, Nick.
2: I'm gonna go with Eckler because we know what he was in that system with Gordon. He was always that flex wider or flex running back. He got the PPR points. Um he's kinda like that Coleman Freeman back in their heyday. He always got points and was viable. The Browns are an unknown. New system, new coach. Um Yeah, a new running back in the fold that I don't know if his suspension involved him not being able to practice in preseason. I'm not 100%, but it's a new system. Their offense is already fluttering, so I'd go definitely with Eckler just because it's a known commodity.
0: Uh, Kareem Hunt did play in the preseason. I don't believe he can practice with the team while he's suspended, but he did play in the preseason. Uh, Dan, what about your thoughts? Which one are you going with?
1: I'm going to buy the Eckler train as well. Again, to reiterate Nick's points, we've seen him in this offense. We understand what what he does to the Melvin Gordon spell. Um, Kareem Hunt's a very talented individual. He does a lot. And Nick Chubb owns that backfield. And I think you might watch the, the Kareem Hunt fill into that Austin Eckler role in that offense, but it's do you want to put the the faith in what that offense has done up until this week. I, I'm gonna buy the Austin Eckler train. I don't think Kareem Hunt has as much of an impact as what Austin Eckler does.
0: Are either of you guys worried about Nick Chubb in terms of him maintaining this like elite, maybe top five-ish, give or take, running back status when Kareem Hunt returns? Or do you guys think at this point he's the guy? Nothing's gonna change that.
1: I don't think anything changes off of that piece. I think. I think chubbs a man they drafted him high for a reason he's the guy that's gonna do it i think if you watch him run two back sets that might be the new thing that they do and they they work a little bit this way and they take a tight end with not having david and joku there and they run three wide receivers i think that's how you might watch this this piece unfold but i still think nick chubb is everything they wanted him to be when they drafted him
0: nick any last minute thoughts on this one
2: if I can get Nick Chubb from week four, I think that Nick Chubb is irreplaceable. If I get Nick Chubb from the earlier weeks, eh, you could talk me into it. I think we're going to see more of the Nick Chubb from last week. He's a dynamic player. He's fast. He can catch. He can do everything. His pass blocking is great. I think Nick Chubb is going to be, I think it might be like a Nick or a David Johnson. Peyton Hillis, I guess, lack for a better comparison. You kind of have the spellback who didn't do much, and then you had Peyton Hillis who set the world on fire. Um, sure, it wasn't consistent. One-year wonder. I think Chubb can be that consistent. Can I ask why David Johnson and Peyton Hillis
0: was the comparison?
2: Not David Johnson, Duke Johnson. I'm sorry, the Nationals uh, just won. A little confused, but... Yes. Okay. Fair enough. You're you're delusional. I get it. Understandable. Um, all right. So the last
0: one before we start recapping or looking ahead to the week five matchups. Um, so far this year, we've seen a lot of players blow up. You know, exceed expectations, take a step back. But I don't know if I speak for everyone here, but I just assume I will. I think the most surprising one has probably been Chris Godwin and his ascent into this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. At this point, I mean, I think the question is, you know, how high is he? He had all the hype in the world in the offseason, and it's continued so far this year where he's, what, a top five scorer in the the league? Um, Where, I guess I'll just stake it. Is he a top 10 dynasty wide receiver right now, or is that way too early? Dan, let's start with you.
1: So I have the stats pulled up in front of me right now. Chris Godwin is currently the number three ranked wide receiver on the list at 88.6 fantasy points here. Um, Mike Evans is his teammate right behind him, and he is 9.8 points behind him as far as accumulative points here. When you look at this list, I mean, you see a T.Y. Hilton at, at 16 at 63, Devontae Adams at 62, um, going up to us year, Cortland at 64, Kenny Galladay at 67, DJ rounds at your top 10 at 69. I think you have to buy this, but he, he blows as Jameis Winston blows. If Winston can't contain this offense, if, if, if we watch this boomer bust where Mike Evans takes off in week three for 45 points, you watch Godwin go for 41 points in week four, you just see him all of a sudden go back and forth. It's can you maintain that? And right now you can. It's an interesting piece, but I think you watch um, Hilton come back a little bit if he can stay healthy. Devontae Adams takes takes his piece. DeAndre Hopkins at 21, 60 points, which is currently 18 points behind where, where that piece is. I think he stays in the top 10. I think he moves closer to the 10 spot than he does stay at the 3 spot. But this is a kid that you've got to be excited about this offense. Well
0: i guess and okay so for the rest of the season it sounds like you think he'll be top 10 but from a dynasty perspective you know dynasty is all about long term do you think do you buy this in the long term or is this just a one season flash in the pan type thing you think
1: i think he's talented enough that he can maintain this throughout his career the big question becomes is does tampa bay want to pay the money to keep him where they're at is this is going to be their wide receiver number one going forward and a Mike Evans, who's a couple years into the league, you watch him disappear. Yes. I think he's a top 10 dynasty perspective from a wide receiver. Absolutely.
0: I love it. I love that take. I kind of agree with that. Nick, what are your thoughts? You have Mike Evans, so you might have a interesting perspective on this one. What, what do, you, who do you, or what do you think of Chris Godwin?
2: I think Chris Godwin's great. Um, I think. He's going to be a goat piece going forward. I wouldn't say top 10. It's a pretty hard list to break. I definitely, I mean, it's going to sound shitty, but I'm going to say top 12. You can shuffle them, but there's just there's just too many names to go top 10, especially when you're competing against a Mike Evans. And I'm assuming Arians' is running back is going to come in this 2020 class, and we all saw how Johnson got used in his offense, so that's going to take some targets from both of them. Um, He's a great, I don't know, I'd say a wide receiver one for sure for Dynasty going forward. Is it sustainable? It's going to be, is Jameis Winston sustainable? Can he keep supporting the wide receiver three and wide receiver four on the season? I don't think so. He plays Carolina twice. Right now they're the number one pass defense in the league. Actually, no, they play him one more time because Cam sucked in the first one. So he plays that team. And we all know Jameis Winston loves turning the ball over. So I don't think it's going to be sustained, at least this season. But I do think outlook-wise, I definitely would rank him as a wide receiver one.
0: I mean, Bruce Arians did make Carson Palmer look like an MVP candidate. Maybe he's working a a miracle with... Jameis Winston, who he's I feel like the the poster boy for he has so much potential, he'll totally figure it out one of these years.
2: Yeah, I felt that way with Jay Cutler. So I can get that. Um <laughs> but Arians also had Johnson, he had Fitzgerald, he had Bolden. So I yeah, it fits. I yeah, I just I don't like Jameis. i think he is cutler and i loved cutler and got burned by him so i think i'm bitter
0: Mm, all right i mean that's fair i mean at the same point i mean he has chris godwin and mike evans and that might be good enough maybe to sustain him i don't know
2: yeah you look at it cutler had alshon and brandon marshall both in their prime yeah, I mean that's
0: that's a fair point. I guess it's one of those things we'll have to see if it's sustained. But if nothing else, he Chris Godwin had all the hype in the world in the off season, and I would say it's safe to say he's probably exceeded those expectations four games into the season. So I'm very curious to see how this progresses. Oh, I for sure agree. He's the anti-Pettis. Pettis had all the hype. <laughs> he did. Well, there's rumors <laughs> that Pettis is going to be unleashed after their buy. So let's we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But that's maybe for another week after Pettis goes off on Monday night. Um, let's start with the Week Five matchups, and the first matchup we will talk about this week will be probably the maybe least eventful one of them, in my opinion. Hopefully, uh, that would be my team. My Guys, The Goggles Do Nothing vs. Sam's Team, American Psycho. Dan, why don't you start us off with this interesting matchup? I think the only
1: thing worth talking about here is where did you get your team name from My Eyes, The Goggles Do Nothing? Because at the end of the day, that's the only part that's probably going to fascinate any of us, uh, is this matchup's going to be extremely one-sided.
0: I mean, who doesn't like The Simpsons? And I was going for something like, maybe the team will be so good you like can't stare at it because... It's radioactive. I don't know. I'm just pulling shit out of my ass.
1: Eh, it works for me. I'm gonna take you. It should not be a contest whatsoever.
0: Nick, any substantial thoughts for this one?
2: The Vegas line currently, aka MFL's lines, is U-64.5. Yep. Do you think I cover? Um, who does Tampa play this week? Potentially. Um, I'm going to go with no. Just because 64.5 is an insane insane fucking number. And And for some reason, reason, everyone scores nothing against Sam. Sam. His points (laughs) against is ridiculous.
0: Fair enough. Maybe Sam will... His defense will keep showing up. And his voodoo magic will work. Um, Alright. I'm going to take me too. Hopefully I don't succumb to the Sam curse of not producing any results. Our second matchup that we'll talk about this week will also be in the Marvel division, as you guys might guess. A lot of our matchups will start in that division because the teams suck. Zayn versus Three Blind Mice. Nick, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
2: So the Vegas line has Zayn minus 37. It shouldn't be a close game. Maslane um, Zayn comes down to the running backs i think does chairs who are very capable of putting up 40 points games do it and does zane put up nothing from his running backs i think that's where it hinders dan what about
0: your thoughts anything on this one
1: um i think it becomes interesting i still think that there is a piece here with the jack doyle penny nuclear's concussion protocol with Le'Veon bell being added in I agree, it's Elliott, Jones, and Bell versus Zane's team and how they can produce. Will Kyle Allen look like he did two weeks ago or last week? Will Derek Carr look like he did two weeks ago or this week? It's uh, A.J. Brown went off this week. He was next to nothing the next week. Um, Eileen, Zane, I take the under. There, I'll take Jerry with the points, if that's what we're playing in the 30-somethings. Uh, but I'll take Zane closer than I think 30-something points. instead of on
0: Newton. Sorry. Oh, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Jerry with uh, points as well. I think that he definitely you know, he's got the running backs, of course. Um, but the wide receivers are inconsistent. They're rookies. Um, they're Boomer bust. They could, you know, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf could go for a combined 40 points. They could go for a combined four points. I wouldn't be shocked one way or the other. Uh, because of that, I think they'll keep it close but i expect zane to persevere and take care of this matchup um all right the next matchup we will talk about it should be a little bit closer it'll be dan's team uh island of misfit toys versus cold steel and sunshine nick why don't you give us some thoughts on this matchup
2: this is gonna be a good matchup um cold steel's got a salad squad So does um, Dan. It should be close. I'm going to give the slight edge, I think, to Cold Steel, just because Dan's matchups are not great this week. It could go either way, but I think the Saints are going to bottle up McCaffrey, and I think a lot of Dan's team hinders on McCaffrey, so we should see. Yeah, I think for me, for Dan's matchup,
0: I'm very interested in how his Minnesota boys uh, perform this week. Uh, Cousins and Thielen, I mean, on paper, this is a pretty dream fantasy matchup. The Giants just aren't very good defensively. But this Vikings offense outside of Dalvin Cook has been garbage, and that's putting it kindly. Um, so I'm very curious to see how those guys perform Um it could be a get right game it could also be a train wreck and even further derail this offense dan what are your kind of early thoughts and hopes for this matchup
1: uh i think you hit it on the head it's i'm Everything invested in the Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen's connection. If that hits, my life gets a little bit better. If it doesn't, I'm in deep trouble. It also becomes: Does Josh Allen get out of concussion protocol, or do I have to sit down and try and figure out: Am I going to start an O.J. Howard? Am I going to start a? Um, is, and what do I do with Royce Freeman? Do I start Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and hope and pray that I that? Between the two of them, they go absolutely ham on the ground because that Denver offense has no idea what they're doing in the backfield. Phillip Lindsay is obviously the better back, but for whatever reason, they continue to give Royce Freeman the ball in situations that I don't think he needs to. Um, I think those becomes the interesting pieces. Um, it worked last week. I'm going to work it again. I, I'll give Colton Steel and Sunshine the edge and throw the bad juju, and we'll see what happens.
0: Mm, I'm on to you, Dan. Um. I will give the edge to Dan because I do think the Vikings are going to rebound this week. Um, I think Cousins might even throw a pass, you know, outside of garbage time for a touchdown. I I know I'm being very um, outlandish with my predictions. Uh, Let's move on to the third matchup of the week. And that, at least on the Vegas scoreline, is looking a little bit closer than maybe we might anticipate. Uh, Under construction, Sean's team versus Nick's team, Captain Mayfield. Dan, why don't you start us out with Probably the first really close matchup on paper.
1: Um, this is a fun one. I mean, when you look at the fact that you have a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's actually done extremely well under Teddy Bridgewater, and has had part of that Cooper Cup spin, everything that he was traded to be, and and then some. O'Shaughnessy's really really thrived under Gardner Minshew. But you got a guy like Mike Evans, the rumors around Stefan Diggs. If Diggs gets traded, I think this takes a big hit with with Mr. Roos' team. Uh, Allen's been everything it is. Is Singletary going to play this week? I think you can truly flip a coin in part of this. Nick Lives and Dies by Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott. Um, If those guys can put up 20 points each, I give Nick the edge. If they don't hit the 20 points, I will take under construction.
0: Nick, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
2: I'm gonna lean me up, obviously. <laughs> but you're looking at his lineup. He's gotta throw out Tana or uh Mariota, who's going against the Bills. We just saw what the Bills did to Brady. Brady's mm-hmm. the GOAT. Oh yeah. He got held to what? Eight points, I think. Mariota, I think, is just gonna have a goose egg of a game. Bridgewater, he's a wild card. I mean, all he's got to do is throw a screen to Kamara, and that's a 30-point play basically for him. Um, I'm going to lean my way. Nixon plays Arizona. If you play Arizona, start everybody on that team. Singletary, I'm not sure if he's even playing. And my wide receivers, I think outpace his. My tight end, I think outpaces him, so... The only thing the only he's thing got on me is, got Kamara. is Kamara. Adams, Adams is down. down. I like my, I like odds. my odds.
0: So uh, I asked the question last week and you weren't here, but I'll ask it again. Any consideration to starting Gardner Minshew over Baker Mayfield?
2: Mm, not this week. Gardner's got a rough matchup. Um, last week, I was thinking about it, but then you just look at the numbers of the Bengals' D. They're just so bad. I don't know, that was Pittsburgh. Whoever they played, they played somebody with bad defense. They played the Ravens. Yeah, and the Ravens have 25th, I think, pass defense. Their run defense is great, but you got to look at who, the Ravens aren't the Ravens of old anymore with their defense. They lost Suggs, they lost Lewis, they lost Reed. It's just not the same guys team. You all
0: retired like
2: five years ago. <laughs> Suggs is still on the Cardinals, fucker. Okay, okay. Yeah. But you think of the Ravens, you think of a stout defense. Just like you think of Seattle, you think of a stout defense. It's not that way anymore. Um, this is going off on a tangent on why I played Baker. But, yeah, I, I go back and forth with Gardner. Gardner is, you're going to get 15 to 18 points. And he's, yeah, going, he's going last week. Last all his plays were on broken plays, scrambled out. He's playing a much better pass rush, so I, no, not this week.
0: Alright, fair enough. Uh, before I move on with this matchup, uh, real quick, um, Mitchell Trubisky's obviously going to be out. It seems like a fair assumption, at least this week, and potentially longer. Chase Daniel is on the waiver wire. Um, I assume neither of us. I mean, maybe Dan, I don't know, you might be making a bid, but I know I'm not. Um, what would you guys theoretically bid fab-wise for Chase Daniel?
2: Uh, Nick, I'll start with you. See, this is a trickier one. It's a one or two start, maybe. Like, Gardner, I went all in. He falls had a surgery. You go all in on someone who's going to get nine, ten starts. One, two starts, I'd probably go, especially with this quarterback situation, probably 50%, maybe a little more of my fab.
0: Is that just for Sean's team, or what about any
2: QB and ED team? It depends on team makeup. Um, if you've got a boom-bust quarterback, yeah, I'd go higher then, because Daniel's not boom-bust. He's going to be consistent. He's not going to... He's a game manager. He's not going to get you your flashy plays, but he came in through, what, 80-some percent completion, almost 200 yards and a he touchdown. Was
0: efficient. Yep, very efficient, and he's got a
2: oakland defense this week that isn't the best on paper that's for sure yeah so i can certainly see a qb team needy team doing it um it comes down to team makeup are you fighting buys you fighting injuries because it's only going to be a one or two start everything that i've seen is non-throwing arm doesn't require surgery he'll be good to go in a week or two maybe they hold him to the buy you get two starts not even you get one start then they're on buy. so I lean 50% just because how bare our waivers are. Um, if you're really super needy and you need them, our waivers are bare. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. I know Nick and I
0: don't have any fab left. So Dan, are you maybe pondering this?
1: I would be a liar if I said I wouldn't be, with the fact that I have Josh Allen that could potentially be in concussion protocol that might not start. I'm still waiting for a little bit of extra news with Kirk Cousins. Yes, he's going to have the positive matchup here, I really hope and pray. Um, I've got a guy like Terod Taylor sitting on here, and it doesn't hurt me to take the shot at Chase Daniels. I will say this, I am anywhere between $30 and $50 invested into what I hope gives me an additional starting quarterback in the uh-oh situation um depending on when this podcast goes on, i don't want to give away too much
0: no you uh you can give away as much as you want it won't go live until after uh
1: i am closer to the 50 dollar mark to make sure that i have the extra quarterback position in here to to make sure that it's actually worthwhile on my roster
0: fair enough uh, there's as Nick said the waivers are bare and this is really the only situation uh where that's going to change an injury Um, so just something to monitor and not surprised at all if he's going to go for over 50 percent all right moving on to the fourth matchup of the week this one is a very good one almost our matchup of the week it was that good and that will be kevin tearing up the acl versus adam franchise 12 nick why don't you give us a legit breakdown for this matchup
2: Oh, they're putting the pressure on me. A legit breakdown for this matchup. Uh huh. All right. I'll, I'll in. Let's pull it up. So, you're going quarterbacks. Have to give the edge franchise 12. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. You don't, don't get better than that. Um, nope. Tom, Tom Brady had an off week. Mahomes had an off week, and they still scored well. Running backs. Goleman looks to be the real deal filling in.
0: Can we talk about how Mahomes had an off week and he only scored 18 points? (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: so depressing. (laughs) Yeah. All right, sorry, continue. Goleman looks to be the real deal. Um, Freeman, that offense is anemic. You don't know what you're going to see. Derrick Henry's going against top three run defense in the Bills. I don't like that start. I I don't know how you fill it in. Maybe Galladay. But James White... Safe as ever, especially now that his wife's not going to be popping out a kid anytime soon. <laughs> his wide receiver's scary, but Franchise 12 isn't rolling out any real darlings in the wide receiver department with Juju putting up six points a game. So, Eileen, Kevin, it's going to come down to his quarterback play. Josh Daniels, shit the bed. Stafford, what's he look like? Stafford's on bye, so it's really just the one quarterback. He needs a big game out of Daniels. If Daniels doesn't put up, I'm going to say, 20, he loses. But I am going to lean Kevin just because I like the other positions a lot more. All right. Dan, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: I think this all hinges on Franchise 12's usage of the Pittsburgh offense. Jalen Samuels, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster playing a Baltimore defense that, yes, got ran over by a Cleveland team, but where do you draw the line and everything like that? I think when you look at a Wayne Gallman, Daniel Jones, and Sterling Shepard being invested into the Giants offense, the question becomes is, do they beat the Vikings defense, or do you prefer that the Pittsburgh defense goes through and beats the Ravens defense? I think that's where the entity comes in. Um... I lean franchise twelve. I think Eckler has another good game. If Rashad Penny's out, Chris Carson gets that much more touches. Um, and if I'm putting Pittsburgh against the Ravens or the Giants against uh, the Vikings, I think the Ravens defense gets beat up a little bit more as Cleveland just beat them up. I'll take I'll take franchise twelve.
0: Ooh, I'm the the rubber match person decider for this matchup i'm gonna go with franchise 12 i really think that tom brady and patrick mahomes are gonna go for like almost 80 points this week uh i think i i don't think the um patriots like the redskins and i think true or i think tom brady's gonna go off and you know patrick mahomes on sunday night football that's just asking for andy Reid to try to score as many points as possible so give me franchise 12 in a close matchup but the quarterback's deciding it and with that one in the book books that leaves us with the matchup of the week um and dare i say it maybe a pseudo playoff game flash gordon stefan's team versus mr steve's sauce team um for when you look at the reason I say this is a maybe a playoff matchup is just how competitive the DC division is. Sauce is currently dragging up last place. Uh, he's certainly had some unfortunate luck, but he's only got two victory points. And with over a quarter of the season in the books, that is not great. Um, so Nick, if you have it in yourself again, can you give us a detailed breakdown of this matchup?
2: Yeah, this one—it's gonna be a great matchup. I don't think anyone has been unluckier than Sauce. I think his average points against is like one eighty. Anyone have the exact number in front of them? Of what? Sorry. Points against against. Sauce on average. I think it's like one eighty a game he's facing. Um, I don't have it off the top of my head, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, regardless. I need
0: two minutes. Uh, one sixty-three. 163
2: Okay, so you it look is, at
0: For perspective, just to Sorry to interrupt, that is 10 points over Second place um, Only One, two, three Four Four teams have over 150 Points on average points Against So yes, bad luck would be an understatement
2: So going with That mantra It sucks to be Steve because I'm sure Chubb and Chubb will put up 40. Fournette will put up, what, 40 again. Hopefully not. Um, I am going to leave, or leave. I'm going to lean Flash Gordon just by running back play. Quarterbacks, I'm giving the edge to Sauce. Matty Ice, Jameis Winston, they aren't putting up flashy numbers. Well, Winston has the last two weeks, but they're consistent. Matty Ice will get you the 15 points. Jameis, certainly the boom bust. Uh, Although, brissett has been super consistent. That's been a real big surprise for me this year, is how consistent and good Brissett has looked. Rivers, I think, is going to take a bit of a step back now that Gordon's back. Take away some of the throws. But it opens up the checkdowns to him, which Eckler was killing, so maybe it doesn't help him too much there. Quarterbacks, I'm going to lean sauce. Running backs... I'm gonna lean flash. Um, I don't think Jordan Howard repeats his performance again this year. He only plays the Packers once, and that is a god awful run game. I think Zeke could probably put up 50 next week, or this upcoming week. Um, wide receivers, you gotta lean Stave or Sauce. They're both Stefan and Steve, so you gotta lean Sauce. That wide receiver core is what dreams are made of. Um, tight end it's a push i give the slight edge to gordon just because running backs generally hit better so it's going to be a close i really think it comes down to does steve play the right running back and he hasn't won that game all season Mm -hmm. Uh, dan what about you what do you got for this
1: I'm going to take Flash Gordon. I'm going to go the other way on the quarterbacks. I think when you look at the fact that Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett have arguably better matchups than what Matt Ryan and James Winston have, um, the running back situation, again, I think favors Flash Gordon. I think those are the pieces that that take it there. Yes, wide receivers, you absolutely saw us uh, between Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, guys that just get peppered with targets and looks and everything that they're in. DJ Charks turned out to have been gardner Minshew's favorite target. and it becomes a very interesting piece between Zacherts' matchup where he's going up against the Jets and then you've got George Kittle where he's going to go up against the Browns. Which one do you want to lead? I don't. I, that one you can flip the coin between. I will take Flash Gordon in this matchup. I love the matchups that he has in the quarterback position to really take advantage uh, of the points that are possible.
0: Alright, well I've got a wise quote that I think is going to be the determining factor for this this matchup and a wise man once said a dog that poop fast don't poop for long and I think that really says it all because I think that the Chicago Bears defense is gonna make it their job to embarrass the Oakland Raiders and when I look at Josh Jacobs I look at Tyrell Williams I would not be feeling confident if I had to start them if I was stepping this week so I'm maybe being a ridiculous bear homer but i think because of that i'm going to go with steve and i think he's going to squeak out a much-needed victory and you know continue to shake up this dc division and how it seems to change every week on a week-to-week basis for the standings um all right so that's the matchups of the week Um, a very intense battle for this final one for steve and for stefan who are both probably underperforming relative to their expectations Nick, I know you mentioned some sort of
2: weird tweet Can you elaborate So all day has been the Diggs going to Patriots chain or train um, Diggs actually just cryptic text because it's a fun thing to fill in Diggs put some on Instagram picture of him and feeling says no matter what you're still going to be my brother super cryptic take it for what it's worth Mixon also just tweeted out a peace sign. With the two fingers piece. Could be referencing the Brewers. But I like going into full conspiracy mode. That team sucks. sucks. Getting rid of Mixon can get them some pieces. Mixon goes to Tampa. Eh? Maybe
0: they just went off of your team. You're not utilizing them correctly. Do you ever think of
2: that one? It's a possibility. Because they both have literally been... I'm going to sit them this week. Yep. Oh, shit nick lauren's hurt well diggs you're playing so that's a possibility <laughs>
0: they went off the nick ruth train they know that kevin ruth is your brother and they do not want to tear an acl all right guys thanks for tuning in hopefully the sound was a little bit better we are slowly perfecting this and hopefully making it a little bit better best of luck in week five
2: and we'll be back next week adios